and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Pangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. magicians how are you welcome to the money magic series so this is episode 12 of the series <laughs> and i have Lisa, my property <laughs> magicians co-host as the um, as one of the people i'm going to be talking to but actually we're not going to be talking so much about her experience of the course we will touch on that right but I wanted us to have a whole conversation around invisibility, invisibility and not good enough and what we are seeing in the Property Magicians podcast because there's no space for us to discuss this in the Property yeah. Magicians podcast. It's not yeah. that kind of podcast, right? Yeah. So we're going to do it here. <laughs> so welcome, Lisa. Thank you for joining me. Hi. Hi again on a different note this time. <laughs> and thank you and hi property uh, money magicians i'm so used to the property magicians money magicians and everyone that listens on youtube um i'm so glad we're doing this talk yeah where do you want to start then yeah okay let's just start with let me ask you a few questions that everybody gets asked in the show you know well not everybody but you know we'll progress <laughs> Um, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Because there are new people here who are listening who've never listened to the Property Magicians podcast. And tell us also about what you do as a co-host on the pod on the Property Magicians podcast. Okay, that sounds like a plan. All right, I am uh, Dr. Miranda Moloto. I, it's funny to be calling myself Dr. Miranda now on this one, but we'll talk about it later. I'm Dr. Miranda Moloto. I am a trained medical doctor who is transitioning. I still do some medical work. I'm transitioning into a property mentor for newbie property investors. I am a 
co-host on the Property Magicians podcast, and I'm Newell's mom, and I'm a money magic student. So, um, and all those roles, I'm, you know, I'm so proud to, to, to say all of them in one go without choosing what identity to choose for one, one single day. This interview gives me an opportunity to do that and to own all of them. Mm. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that. I love that about um, the identities and yeah. uh, choosing identities, but also choosing to embody all or none. I think that's like as important, like the identities that we choose to embody and the ones that we choose to release are equally as important. I'm it learning is. that at this, in this season of my life. Yeah. So, Mizo, what does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? Um, I think money has changed for me. Money has changed. It, and it, has, it has had transitions, right? Um, it used to be something that I fear and that I thought other people have got the right to have and not me. Mm. Right now, it is at a point where I understand it to be an exchange, just exchanging something for something, yeah? Wherever I put my energy and where I get compensated for putting my energy, we are just having an energy exchange. And the minute it's become that, it's so much easier for me to ask for my money ask for my loans back when I've loaned people money. So suddenly this, this, this having called it an energy exchange has totally changed my life. When I have put hours at night and putting together a proposal and having made a phone call or having referred someone, just knowing that I have made an exchange makes it so much easier for me to ask for either a commission or for a commiserate remuneration for whatever it is that I've put in. And I'm glad, I'm glad we found, I found myself here. So Mr. Elian, just another energy exchange. What I give, I get, and what I get, and when I get from somebody else, a service. No matter how small, right? I, I ask if I can give them something or I just simply gift them very easily because I understand that there has to be an exchange of energy. Mm, thank you for that. Yeah. That is really, really awesome. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to ask you a few more of the other questions that I love asking people. When, okay. you, when did you first realize that there was more to money than just um, the numbers? And just like cash, you've been on this money journey long before even the money magic course. So when Absolutely. was there a specific incident that was for you like, wow, okay, realization? Absolutely, Ven. Absolutely. You know, I share a lot on, the, on our Money Magic um, student group. Some people will not know that I worked in the Middle East, right, for almost five years. And when you watch, when I would watch how, <laughs> how the Arabs do it, guys, <laughs> now those people don't have to work, right? There's oil all over the place, right? And they understand themselves in Qatar that they are the chosen ones. 
Allah has chosen them and he chose to put the oil and gas resources in their country. So they move around with the right to own then. I don't know if you know that feeling where they wake up, they are like, ah, no, I'm not going to go to work today. I'm going shopping and they are going to Dubai to shop and they'll come back, back into the country. And when you ask, but where were you yesterday? He said, oh, no, we got... We got bonuses and we got paid for just in Qataris. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. And I would have these long Skype meetings with Claudie, my friend, on the phone about, you know, this bloody country, these people don't work and these people still earn. All right. So there was something about they know that they have the right to be abundant. Their country was abundantly blessed with resources and they swam in the resources and just utilized them. And I think my journey started in earnest while I was in Qatar and we used to read these books and listen to certain podcasts with Goli and we would exchange books. I remember sharing a few of the books that I shared on, on the Money Magic student group that when, when I would read it, I would understand it intellectually, right? I would understand certain things about money that you need a budget, you need to pay yourself first. But I didn't understand that this paying yourself first meant my whole energy also must go to paying myself first. I would pay myself first, but with lots of nervousness, with lots of anxiety that, but I haven't paid who, and I haven't paid for the bond, and oh no, I need to put something in. So it was, it was saving, but it was saving from a point of anxiety. And that's, how, that's when I knew that there's something about me and money. And if you can remember the very first time we met you and I, we met at the Apartheid Museum. And the story that I shared in the group, I remember when we were introducing ourselves, I said, I have been an almost millionaire over and over and over. And I keep losing. I will have a million in the bank and it will ooze out. I will have 700,000 in the bank and it would ooze out. What is that about, you know? And that was my biggest, biggest frustration of, about money. And that has been my adulthood story about money. I have never had a problem with attracting resources that give me money or a job that pays me well. But what is that about not keeping the money? So I, I think the past 12, 15 years, you could say, that's when I learned that there is something about me and money that needs to change. And it's not the money. It really is not the money. Yeah. I've always earned above average for most people, right? But yeah. what, where, where does this money all go to? Yeah. Mm. Wow, yeah. that's so powerful. So now Lisa, yeah. this is making it hard for us to just jump straight <laughs> into invisibility. I'm going to ask questions that tie all this in. So okay. um, tell us then, what has the journey been like for you um, when you got into the Money Magic course? What mm -hmm. were some of the things that came up for you? Um, and also, yeah, walk us through one of the, well, there are many big major things, but yeah. choose one <laughs> that's like, like a big one. Let's, let's just talk exactly to invisibility. Okay. 
Okay. Because yeah, good, the not good enough is one yeah. of my other ones, and yeah. the invisibility. And um, you, I, I know everyone is having a big party with me on the money magic um, group right now because I have deliberately gone and changed my name on Facebook. All right. Yes. My name is Dr. Miranda Mutalibule Molot. Yes, my nickname is Mizo. Inch. For sure, yes. and Mutale is the rainmaker. That's what made my name. Let's just start there. So I've had my Facebook profile since 2005, early days of Facebook when the security was not as tight. But I was deliberate about hiding my name, hiding my, my profession, um, hiding where I come from and which university I went to because I didn't want people finding me on Facebook. And I thought it was really so How can you possibly hide? Everybody knows that you're a doctor. You're so visible. You're on the Property Magicians podcast. How can you possibly be hiding? You do talks to hundreds of people on webinars around property so what are you talking about there's no way oh you could God. be invisible <laughs> i'm just playing devil's advocate because that's what people are thinking like what is this thing of invisibility of course she's not oh invisible so break it well, down for you. <laughs> you know i i still get i want to keep this higher right so then it's not you know, when you're a doctor, you are already too much for other people. You walk into the room and everyone, and that's how, at least that's how my mind was working. It said, don't be visible. Don't, you know, when people want to, to be friends with you, the last thing they want to be friends with is your title. And your title makes them want to speak a certain language with you. And that's why, that's why I hear. You know, that's the reason why I wanted to hide. That's the first thing. And I think because I've always been an articulate person, and then the other part that my family knows is that I, I, I was a temperamental child. I, was, I always had a voice. I just never knew how to put my voice in an articulate way without, without screaming about my demands or something like that. So I've always been called a too much child. I walk into the room and I start organizing everyone. I walk into the room and I start putting things in, in order. So I've always been called too much. And this doctor title presents its own too muchness. And then I walk into the room, I'm taller than most average women in my, in my circle. And I remember someone at, 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 that I worked with at Sasol who said, Dr. Miranda, you really must be careful. When you walk into the room, your aura just intimidates other people. So you must be careful how you hold yourself. And that's all I've, you know, I've but had. But how that. is that your problem? You know, I've had a variation thing. of it's that like, feedback. <laughs> you know, 
And like, I think also the other thing with invisibility, it really ties into the roles of patriarchy in our society. Because yeah. if a man walked in and his aura was intimidating, somehow it's like, oh, he's amazing. He's got leadership qualities. It's this, it that. Respect. But your aura must, you must be careful with it. I must, I must deem it. And for, because I don't know how to deem my height, what do I do? And I, I've mm -hmm. discovered that the, even African locks, you know, a simple thing that every one of us who are brown people can have, yeah. African locks, they cause a row on their own. I walk into the room yeah. and it's like, <gasps> the, yeah, the lady with the dreadlocks. So I learned very early. Wow. In and to, to walk into a room as if I'm creeping. And now suddenly, because yeah. I've blossomed and I've found myself, and I don't need the doctor title because I absolutely know that when I was 10, I always was like this. I always yeah. was a child who could articulate yeah. and who, who had an aura. But I spent mm -hmm. all of my adult life trying not to be Dr. Miranda not trying mm. to own my name. It's much better to be called Renda, Rangi, you know, community of my own name, Nizo, so oh. that I'm not my full self. And, and oh. then the rest of the people around me now get comfortable and they can mm. relate to me and, you know, everybody's happy. Everybody. At yes. least I called it everybody, but my inside wasn't happy. Yeah. So that's it. And I, I discovered that even Instagram, when, was, when did I join Instagram? Maybe three, four years ago, I joined Instagram mm. and stayed invisible. I joined Twitter yes. a long time ago, um, maybe more than eight years ago, but stayed invisible, never played, never placed my own picture on, on Twitter. I, never, I don't remember ever having my personal mm. picture on Twitter. Yeah. And Instagram became more important when we did the property podcast. So I'm more visible there. But I was going to remain with my Niso Rainmaker for a long time. Yeah. Until yeah. I, I met my strategies. So, you know, my cover is blown now. <laughs> guys, by a strategist, she means, honey, whom you guys met in episode four. So, you know, you know how that conversation went. We don't need to rehash it. Like if you watch Honey's episode in episode in episode four, you know yeah. how it went. Um, I've been where Mizo is shame. Like Honey set me down and did a whole vision board with me and was like, "What are you, I've been dying to do this my whole life. What are you wearing? What is this that you've been wearing your whole life?" I know. <laughs> She has asked, oh. do you know how nervous I am? She wants a whole photo shoot with me because she's not having the misery maker of plainness. And from the very first sentence that she put down, she was like, okay, then Dr. Miranda Mulot. Oh, I love working with this brand. And I'm like, what brand? What is she talking about? And she's like, you're a brand. And that's what I'm that's, that's why I'm in this meeting. And for the two hours, she wasn't letting up. I left the session with a headache. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shame, man. It was, it was rough. I was there just for emotional support for the first round. The rest of the time, Lisa doesn't know me. It doesn't need me. But I was like, I know what it can be like being in honey's 
sessions. Um, it can really be like um, crying, screaming, me and her end up arguing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine I because you I refuse. Yeah. But you know, then to be honest as well, I think when we did them the session with Honey where we had a three day um three day session with her on her on her group, you know. I must say the naming, the naming of the people that I come from. When I yeah. put down all the surnames of my relatives, my forefathers yes. and my foremothers, it was the first time that I had seen all those surnames in one page. You can yes. imagine, I had a lump in my throat. Day two totally wiped me out. I didn't even want to do the day three without understanding that day three is actually the time of release. So it felt like, I had gone to a naming ceremony and I see why she does it in levels and you can't go and just join at day three. She they yeah. build up to to the day. So for the first time I have been I have named myself. And yes. the whole image change of actually calling myself Dr. Miranda on social media platforms is a huge invisibility thing just to call myself yeah. who I am and call myself by the names that were given. My dad loved the name Miranda from a Shakespeare play. What is there to hide about that? I didn't mm. and I rightfully own the title of Dr. Miranda. I go yeah. and heal other people on Tuesday and, 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 and Fridays, and I am on the digital health platform. Somehow, because people are on the phone, I yes. say I'm Dr. Miranda Moloto without anything. But suddenly, when you have to look at my face and my title, I made it small. And I, you know, I don't know, yeah. the hiding was so, it is a strange thing, but that's how, I don't have a way of explaining it, but it's a hiding yeah. of some sort. Yeah. So how have you seen, because this is not the first time you, you realize the invisibility. I don't know if you remember the very first retreat in Thailand, the first wealthy money retreat in 2018, that it showed up as well in April 2018. And oh it was God, like, yeah. I don't want to be called braggadacious. And that was the exact <laughs> word that came out. Like, I don't want to be called bragging. And then, but then we worked on that, right? You worked through that. But what have you seen about that, that fear of being called too much, being called bragging? How has it affected your finances? Mm. Because I want us to start tying it mm. also into what we have seen in the Property Magicians podcast, <sighs> especially around Black women in particular. Black women. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know what it's done then? I would rather leave a job or I would rather just swallow the letter of increase that I'm getting mm. rather than go up to my boss and say, hello, 3%. Are you kidding me? 3% yeah. is not going to cut it for the amount of work that I've done. Right. Mm. That is one thing. So for me to demand an increase like everyone else. And, you know, I worked in untraditional places because I've always worked in corporate. So I've mm. always worked as a medical doctor where 
everyone else that surrounds me is an engineer, accountant, and whatever. And mm -hmm. those people know how they own their place because we are working in an oil and gas environment. They own yeah. the space. They can ask for more. But I yeah. didn't think it was my right to ask for more because, you know, your salary as a doctor, it's just pegged by arbitrarily. No one determines it because it is an oil and gas and it's full of petrochemical engineers and drillers and whatever, right? So yeah. that is one of the things that I saw. The second, second thing that really hurts me in retrospect when I look at it is that I would be that person who everyone runs to because you're a medical doctor. Even when I had a practice, my patients would borrow money, right? Mm -hmm. But no yes. one pays you back because society has it in their heads that doctors have money. But doctors who have money and don't take care of their money, they can't keep their money and they can't really build wealth, right? And I fall in that category that just didn't know how to say, oh, um, then that hundred rands you owe me, by the way, I need it. And I, in my head, I had made it out that, but how would it look like if I asked for my hundred rands? It was another part of hiding and having the shame to say, I'm short of hundred rands. Oh yes, I'm Dr. Miranda, but I'm short of my hundred rands. Can I have it back? Yeah, so I had family and friends who have borrowed and never returned. And I would justify it and call it all sorts of things. And I think it was being invisible and being ashamed of saying I'm short of money. The other big thing that has happened with that is that I wouldn't show up for myself. When I, when I put in a proposal for some work, if someone pushes back and says, no, we can only pay you 40,000, I would accept it as though it's their right to determine what I must be paid. And I just didn't know my rightful place about where, where I would be. So invisibility is a, it's, it's such a pain because it's cloaked in shame. It's, it's cloaked in maybe I'm not good enough to demand 80,000. That's why they are giving me 40,000. And therefore I would swallow hard and have all sorts of migraine headaches because Everybody else has the right to ask for money, but myself. Yeah, it's been incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can relate to that. Right. So, mm -mm. I think like the other thing is that we invisibilize in different ways. Like, you can yeah. be there. You can be in a crowd of people, be close to someone, and still be absolutely invisible to that person because you are not showing yourself to the person right Absolutely. the truth of you is cloaked right Absolutely. so what we heard is even like in partnerships then even in romantic yeah. partnerships you find yourself playing small so that the yeah. other person can shine more than you and and it's like oh um it's almost like give, trying to get permission to be myself yeah. or when, when there are big money ticket items to be bought, the permission yes. has to come from the other partner because, yes. you know, um, men are the ones who must be in front or something like that. And yes. there's a way of partnering where you are not being invisible or playing mm -hmm. small. And I think yes. in most cases, what I would do is, oh, the minute there's a set point, 
the minute it's over 500,000, I'm like, oh, okay, oh, these big monies. Oh, I, as if I can't count 500,000 plus, right? <laughs> Like, what is no, that but, um, I don't know who I was sharing with. I don't know. It, I was doing a podcast with someone. I can't remember who. I'm, I think it's Barney where I was sharing like where my best friend and I in yeah. university would like do this. We would pretend to be ditzy about everything. We would laugh at everything, just like play it out as if we're like stupid and we'd always look at each other when someone says something intelligent and say, oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're like finance at UCT, you know, and like constantly passing. Like, yeah. how, how did we mm. do that and why? But then I realized, um, I think a huge part of that had to do with the fact that we figured out that just like you said, that, sometimes it's like you're too much you don't want to be yeah. too much so you don't want it's like it's easier if you're accepted and oh, for being clueless oh she's just the clueless yeah. one yeah yeah <laughs> so but, and, and sometimes it's not even about money you know because what you do is um i remember one of my partners was doc, was a doctor too he would be called doctor and i would be called miranda what? Whether we are in a social setting or in a professional setting, he was the doctor and I was Miranda. That is like, that is the height of invisibility. I go into a corporate and I earn a million and more, but suddenly when decisions have to be made about a million rent between the two of us, I let him do make the decision because suddenly I'm feeling a little bit small or I'm backtracking and I'm acting like I don't know how to count these zeros. What is that about? You know? No, so, what is that about? Hey, what is that so about? There's, there's just so much there and I can see the not enoughness, right? And last year at the Sri Lankan retreat, we had this conversation around how like when we feel like we are not enough, we yeah. always feel like we have to do more, right? Yeah. Because I'm not, who I am right now is not enough. Yeah. So even when you have the doctor title, it's not enough. I have to do yeah. more and be more and present more and, and, and do, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. that is the danger of not enough and feeling yeah. that you're not enough and yeah. what you and i have seen is that especially in the property magicians podcast is we will ask the same amount of women as we do men to show up yeah. in the podcast oh my gosh right and to be guests and the men will show up and guys the men will even write us messages afterwards mm -hmm. and be like please have me back for the next episode we're like what like what? they have no qualms asking to yeah. come back, right? Absolutely. And we love that about them. <laughs> Guys, we don't want you to stop doing that, right? <laughs> we love that. But then we ask the women, women who are doing something equally as amazing and incredible. And yeah. what we come up against is, I cannot possibly show up on the show podcast. Up. Yeah. yeah. You know? So what we've seen is for every one man that you see, we have asked four women, for 
every mm. single man that you see because we, yeah. we relate more to women isn't it we'll, yes. we'll find a woman much easier than males but for every male we've had on that podcast we've asked four women women will wait yeah. until they have 10 properties when they have yeah. two they're like ah you're asking me to come on the road wait let me buy another property maybe we speak next year maybe this maybe that and it is this it is this men don't yeah. have qualms. Men yep. don't have qualms about coming onto our podcast to advertise the service or the next project that they have yeah. because they are raising money. Men don't have the same problems. Yes. What is that about us black women? And I I can tell you now that Ven yeah. did a thing on me. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> So, so she and I follow bigger pockets. We get excited about property. We are in on the property we've been following for nine months. And when the property podcast started, I didn't have two weeks to think about it or to ruminate about it. Ben was like, right, Mizo, done. So I've set it up. It looks like Podbean is easy. You and I are doing the podcast. I almost felt like I didn't have an option because she and I listen to bigger pockets. We love the property thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we sat and did an intention about the podcast. And I must tell you, Van, I don't know if I've shared with you that that, that for me was, was one of the biggest steps of invisibility. What am I doing? I do not have a property portfolio of 20 million and then I'm doing the bigger pockets. I'm doing a property magician's podcast. But what I like, I think because we came from bigger pockets, you had people, ordinary people, a policeman and an ordinary guy who just decided he's not going to college, come together and do a podcast. And for me, and because it's two white males, is it easier for people to swallow? What are they going to say with the two of us, bring back women in South Africa? starting a podcast and we were looking for the same information that we found on bigger pockets so for me i didn't have to think too hard about it because i just thought i'm just bringing you something that i wish i had been able to access easily information on property investment that's all I started from. So that didn't demand me to think whether I'm a doctor, whether I've got a 20 million property portfolio or whatever. That was so easy for me to do. In retrospect, I see that I could have done an invisible on you. I could have just said no investment. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, what we often see guys, like that's so interesting. These are, um, <laughs> actually I wouldn't have let you do that whole like invisibility. <laughs> I would have been, I would have just kept on pestering you. I told you said yes. <laughs> Cause you were so passionate about it. And I could not imagine doing this with anyone else. You yeah. know, that was yeah. my thing. It's like, I was like, I can't imagine doing this with anyone else because your passion was just so raw. But what yeah. we see with this, and here's the thing, guys, here's the craziness of it, right? Is that 
most of the guests, and I'll tell you, almost every guest that has been on our show has received some kind of business deal from the podcast, right? So when we are asking women to come on the podcast, it's because we know what that will do for your property portfolio and for your investments, right? But then here's the funny thing about not good enough and invisibility, right? It makes us believe that we need these deep beliefs that we carry that come from our traumas, make us believe that I need to be here to get here, right? Not thinking that it uh, it is enough that you are where you are to get beyond that even uh, the part where you think you need to be. That you are enough as you are, right? Because by just taking advantage of that one opportunity as you're sitting back, by taking advantage of that one opportunity, which I guess is what the men have figured out, right? Is that from just that one opportunity, you can get so many more opportunities that already catapult you to your goal, right? Because you said yes to this one opportunity. But it just breaks my heart that we operate from the space of, I am not enough. enough. I still have to do more. You know, that as I am right now, I cannot be during the people, you know. (laughs) I need to go and do something else. (laughs) But it looks like also you you keep doing this every six months and then um, COVID hit. I, I, I yeah. have to share this with the Money Magic, Money Magic students. COVID hits and, you know, you know my passion about property investment and how yeah. this whole information looks like it's hidden somewhere for black people. And yeah. we've decided, you and I, that it's not even hidden. It's just that the people who speak about property investment are not representative of us. That's why it's so hard for our ears and our minds to assimilate that information. So there's something about hearing it from another Black person and another Black woman. And not because it is just a racial thing. It is racial in South Africa, of course. Land and ownership and, 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 and is, a, is a thing. It's a huge, huge thing. But there's something about someone who is your own. When they say something, they are more believable and you listen to it. And that's how my property mentorship was, was launched, by the way. So in March, COVID hits, and I keep giving information about property investment to people for free and whatever. And then was like, hmm, so when are you going to start charging for that? Again, my good enoughness of, no, I need to wait until I have so many properties. Oh, and then what did I say to you? Oh, I need a website. I need a brochure. I need business cards. <laughs> and Vangila had a time of her life. And she's like, yeah, right, Mizo. So where are you going to use this business card? You're not going to meet anyone. So your business card is your, visib- is your visibility on social media. So when are you starting? She was just not having it. And then she decided, okay, the virtual assistant of, money, of, of wealthy money is going to do your, um, your brochure. So what other excuse have you got, Mizo? Have you done your pricing? I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about the pricing. I'm thinking, and she's like, "Eh, what do the other coaches charge? You've had three coaches. You mean you don't know how to price? 
when you've had three coaches yourself for property, it was the most, it was just the hardest week of my life, right? Yeah, it was really hard. I remember that, Nizo. I mean, now that yeah. you are a property coach and everything, yeah. it's, it's hard for people to imagine like what that was like, right? But yeah. I think your story is so indicative of what invisibility looks like, right, guys? Because Miso wanted first the website. And then I was like, a website for what now? <laughs> you know, like I was like, a website for what? You've done so many podcast episodes. If people, yeah. like you yeah. can just refer people to the podcast. You yeah. don't need anything else. Yeah. The podcast is its own product. Someone can listen and grasp that you know what you're talking about from there. You Absolutely. don't need anything else. Absolutely. Right? But my, my partner and I, my ex-partner now, my <laughs> ex-partner and I had been involved in how many property deals in the past 18 months. And we've had hurdles and smooth and hurdles and smooth. And I belong to a property network where all this information is is there and abound and other people cannot even afford to pay for that network and for the master classes that I've been to. So As you I was, see, I think these are the key things. When we are in the process of invisibility, we even look, we look at the proof as to why it won't work. And also yes. it's our not good enough story, <laughs> right? Because I am not good enough. We need yes. to have a standard by which yes. we are comparing our enoughness. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's yes. that I am not good enough, good enough by whose standards, right? And then we put all these other things that, oh, for me to be hired as a property mentor, I need to, or as a property coach, I need to have the website, I need to have this, I need to have that. And I'm like, and I'm like, listen, a podcast, the podcast is so much more powerful than a website that has no <laughs> traffic. You already have traffic. You already have a brand. You already have people who know you like what more do you need then it became the business cards how well we're in covid it's lockdown how like where are you using business cards <laughs> i don't know how to price right it's like yeah. no that cannot be possible not if yeah. you've had like three coaches yeah, but that's the thing with not good that's enough and invisibility. Yeah. It keeps us in this. And I think, and yeah. also remember, the website would have meant, oh, I at least take another two months before I launch because that's now it. I'm busy perfecting the website. Yeah. Right? So how invisibility and not good enough holds us back is that there'll always be an excuse as to why we are not enough. We are not the coach for the people. Why yeah. we cannot charge that amount. Why we can't yeah. do all these things because we are not enough. But there'll always enough. be an excuse. I know. Think about the podcast as well. Everyone asks yeah. me, I've had three, three people ask me, so where do you record the podcast? Oh, okay. So what do you do? So what equipment do you do? What do you need? I'm like, what equipment? Vanilla does it where she is sitting with her headphones and the phone and I sit on my bed and do it or in my study and do, what do you mean? No, you need speakers. You know, the big podcast. Yeah. yeah. 
right? Yeah, at bigger yeah. pockets, they've got that equipment. But when Brandon is traveling, what does he do? And that's what yeah. holds us back. And, and then yeah. let's just track back a little bit. Let me tell you why, as a doctor, I can say this, you know, I can, I can speak low about doctors. The reason why we do the MPCHB. And then we do the postgrad and another postgrad above the postgrad and another postgrad because we are forever looking for this good enoughness. I've got a postgrad diploma, I've got a master's in public health, but necessarily those things have never satisfied me as much as I'm satisfied now with what I'm doing. I'm giving something about the property investment journey, I'm mentoring some people, newbie investors in property. And I do um, health digitally, which is telemedicine, which is something that I like. And I can do all those roles with a lot more satisfaction than having to study and try to be good enough at something that I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy treating patients necessarily, one patient at a time, taking a temperature and having, that's not what I, who I am, right? But I was looking this whole time the, the reason why I studied for another seven years after the seven years, the initial seven years, was exactly that. I was looking, looking to satisfy something in here, which just didn't get there. This is the first time that I'm feeling like, what a relief. I can do this and I can be mother and I can be a property investor wow. and I can be the doctor. Sure, you know. Wow, I love this, Nizo. Yeah. I love this. So take us through, what are some of the shifts that you've noticed in terms of your finances, um, savings, yeah. income, etc. From the course, as you've been on, from the Money Magic course, as you've been unlayering the not good enough and the invisibility story. Because yeah. guys, yeah. I don't, we, we haven't actually even done invisibility and not good enough justice no. here. We've like literally just talked about 1% of the layers. This thing is yeah. deeper than deep. It yeah. goes so deep. Deep. Let's start with the easy one that has happened. So everyone knows now I'm Dr. Miranda. So <laughs> the, past, the past seven days have been transformative. That is one of the things that has healed when I, I would never have from the depth of my heart, been so comfortable in my skin to call myself Dr. Miranda and go deal with it. Whoever doesn't like that, sorry, you know, I am Dr. Miranda and I can be property Dr. Mom. Also, all of it is me, right? So that is the one thing. So in the Money Magic course that I find, which is strange, is that it's not just the money that heals. The self-esteem heals. The self-confidence that you already, already had comes back to you and you own the self so much better, which is, which is what has happened for me. I'm sure other people have had their own aha moments, but mine is exactly that, that I can call myself who I can. Doing the podcast is a win from the Money Magic course because suddenly I could say, I'm a doctor. I am short of money. I want to make lots of money and I want to be wealthy 
without any embarrassment, without any shame. So shame is a huge part of our money story that we don't do. And I think that our professions shackle us so that everyone expects that that title is going to give us money and it's going to make us wealthy and therefore, right? So that for me has been the biggest, biggest shift um, about, about money, not being afraid to say I'm in debt. Sorry, I can't borrow you that money. I'm paying my debt. So I've been in huge money debt twice and I've come out of it because I, because of doing the inner work, right? When I am yeah. in debt, I'm able to say, sorry, guys, this is what I want to do with my money. This is where we are at. And I've been able to ask for help, whether from family members, from friends, from my property coaches, and I've been able to do that without shame. So that's the, that, that's the other big thing. And the money one that has happened then, that now this one is magical. I, I don't know how to explain it. You will probably have the ways to explain it. That, so I found myself in debt again, right? I'm sitting with 200,000 debt and I'm behind with, with, with my mortgages and I'm sitting there like, how is this going to be paid? With the inner work, something that shifts, that, that becomes more important is that you need to shift from the anxiety, the not good enoughness of pricing the service that you are giving so that you can get paid. And therefore the debt gets paid magically. And I will wake up one day and price a product and I will get paid that amount and I pay the 100,000 just like that in less than five days when I've been sitting for months not knowing how I'm going to pay that debt. I don't know how that happens, but you will explain it much better. I'm, I'm just a money making student, but you know, I've been in this place twice where I will find that I'm in debt for months with no plan of how it's going to be paid. But the minute I set a proper intention of how I'm going to do it, I ask for help and I look around at all the possibilities in my house that need to be sold, I almost always find something that can be sold. And that's how my debt has always been paid. <laughs> okay, so that um, what you did, Mizo, was you just, yes. you just explained what you did. I think yeah. uh, the big thing that I always say to all the Money Magic students, sorry. Yeah, yeah there's the ice cream man. Okay. Yeah, so um, I think what it is is that you used many different things, right? Is that, yeah. I, and remember how I told you this time around, I said, yeah. trust the process. I tell all the students, mm. that, but nobody ever believes me mm. when I say, please but what I love about you, Mizo, is that we go, yeah. you're going to do the inner work, do this, give it time and trust the process. Yeah. Let the traumas start to oh, integrate wow. and then the magic will happen. Because yeah. remember, you were in that space for months. And I, yeah. and I always say that like, you can be in a space for months, but the solution can literally come in days. You know, like literally for you, within 48 hours, you were completely debt free. It was this quick, you guys. Like people will say, but how do you pay off 200K in 48 hours? 
Uh, because you've been doing the work and you've been trusting the process and it didn't take years. It took months. It didn't even take all year, Nizo. You know, it it just took a few months this year of being in that space and doing the work and healing the traumas because Mm -hmm. already your soul has this desire to be debt free. Right, but the thing is that all the other traumas and everything are blocking the solution. Now, granted, everyone's soul may take a different process to get there, right? It's not that you will get like this, like Miso did, right? My journey was like four years, right? And it sped up in the last year, like literally for three years, nothing is happening, and then in year four, suddenly it's like cover 50% of the debt in one year. God. But then, By then, but I then, was also having healed my fears around debt. Of, around debt. I think, I think the one thing, yeah, it's a good thing you mentioned exactly the fears. Because in 2017, when I first paid off the, that debt, mm. and again this time, the big thing yeah. that, you, that, that you and I did was have you written the debt out? Because that's the yes. biggest thing. You hide yes. invisible. Invisible is no sneaky. Yes. You hide from yourself. You hide from the yep. from the from your from the debt. You hide from the creditors. You don't answer yeah. the phone. Yeah? yeah. So, and the one thing that you that you keep emphasizing is: Have you written it out, Nizo? You must know line for line, and it's so hard. It's so yeah. hard then to know that you owe school fees 50,000, something sits yeah. here. And then tomorrow, yeah. so when someone else calls you and you're like, oh, by the way, even Edgar's, and then you write it down. And then yeah. the following day, telecom phones, and you're like, oh, by the way, yeah. even telecom. We yeah. hide from it. We hide from it. And yeah. you can imagine the shame of, of yeah. not answering the phone. That's what makes us not write it. And when you know yeah. that it is, 203,000 rands, 196 yeah. rands, 54 cents. Something powerful happens there. Yes. Something. Yes. Some, when you own it totally, you know that I need yeah. minimum 204,000 to wipe it yeah. all out and be left with 43 cents. Yeah. Then something powerful happens. And then yeah. the next thing is the debt plan. How am I going to pay? Which ones yep. are the most critical? The ones that have yeah. got the highest interest. And then calling the other people to say, listen, school. I had forgotten that I had done that with my daughter's school fees. I called them and said, listen, I don't have a job. COVID has hit and I've transitioned to property. I'm not a doctor anymore. There you go. Yeah. And I forgot about <laughs> them. <laughs> Just like they're not going to do anything. They're not going to switch off the electricity. They're yeah. not going to be laying up more interest on the school fees. They are not. Yeah. So I had packed them. I was just like, I'm coming back. We'll see. So <laughs> I was just doing my thing. I you know? love <laughs> it, right? But again, it's that I think people are even scared to do that. But that's where the power of the inner work comes from. I think what often happens when I was in debt, I would equate my debt with my self-worth because of my not good enough story. So everything that happened in my finances and my life would be a reflection 
and um, how do I say this? Almost like a confirmation, confirmation that I am indeed not good enough. But once you start healing the not good enough story, please, whatever is happening over there, it has nothing to do with my, with the reflection of who I am. And if, and should other people find out, it has nothing to do with the reflection of who I am. They can make it a reflection of who I am, but I know where I stand. So I think that's the other thing is that not good enough causes us to conflate normal everyday situations with our sense of who we are and our sense of self-worth. Whereas these things are, completely self, uh, separate. Like I could have been, I could be in overdraft owing like a million people and be 10 million rands in debt. It doesn't mean that I am less of a person or less me. It doesn't rob me in any way, shape or form. But we come from the space where often everyone around us has reinforced this belief, right? Who Mizo is a doctor. Clean up, clean up. You know she's a doctor. So everything that we have, our mm. titles, oh my God, you know she drives a Mercedes Benz. You know she lives yeah. in this amazing estate. Yeah. Everything yeah. now is representative of who you are so when we lose those things the fear is that we also have lost who we are and our Mm -hmm. sense of self and i find that we do that a lot within families you know the family members that are not that don't have the titles don't have the education don't drive the certain cars when they show up and they visit they don't get the same fanfare as the family members that have all those things you know, and that is problematic because it reinforces this belief that I am not enough as I am right now, you know, that I need to do more and be extra and it affects our finances. So when you as the doctor or the really wealthy family member end up or or the perceived wealthy family member, I in straight, then you feel like really letting everyone know because then the problem is... Yo, I'm going to lose that thing That's in the family, us. that respect yeah. and that yeah. sense of self. And now you believe that you lose your worth and all you that. Lose and your it's worth. got nothing to do nothing with to that. Do. And so I think this is so why important. we need. It's such an important thing. And I think, I think, I don't know what COVID is about, but I think energetically COVID came to level the surface for us, for exactly Mm -hmm. that, that there is no level of status that is unaffected by COVID. Yeah. And it has affected us both in our families, emotionally, uh, how we Mm -hmm. relate and money-wise as well. The very well-respected businesses have fallen flat. The people with the titles, their titles meant nothing during COVID. The, The best and the biggest doctors and professors have lost their lives to the same COVID. So I I just feel like there is just, you know, even though it is as heavy as it is, there is something to be said about COVID that has come to just snap us into, you know, actually those things don't matter. Absolutely. They don't matter. Right. Yeah. So those things really, really don't matter. And that's the absolute truth. Wow, Misa, I'm so glad that you actually brought that up. Like, wow. Yeah. And in property, what has happened is 
who have mentored me then. I think this, and that's exactly why the Money Magic um, course is so important for me, that I'm able to be taught because people who have got, who have actually succeeded in, in, in property and in property investment have less degrees than me. So I've been mm. mentored by people and they will take you through very patiently to say, no, you don't do that. Mm. No, you don't look at all suburbs. No, this mm. is how you ask for the money. No, actually you yeah. need a little bit of money, uh, doctor. Mm. You don't need all those thousands and the millions. You need a little yeah. bit of money to start in yeah. property and a yeah. good credit score and you can begin. So that is humbling. Yeah. That is just yeah. humbling. And I think the Money Magic course, some things, some little structures in you get broken down yeah. so that you are open to being taught yeah. new things and you are able to absorb new information from all sorts of people, from mm. all levels, all levels of economics, if you want to yeah. call it that. Because our, our daughter titles are a problem. They can be a problem yeah. for us. They are a problem for people who want to relate to us. And they are a problem in the sense that we become unteachable. You know, we become doctor and professor and whatever else it is. Yeah. yeah. And I love what you've just said about becoming unteachable. Because I think that's also the thing that I've noticed. I get taught all the time by students <laughs> i get like called out on things wow all the yeah so oh wow Mizo. thank you for yeah. teaching us that i think yeah also if we are not willing to learn and be wrong then we can never know the sure. things that we don't know you know, you don't know what I always say. You don't know what you don't. You know. don't know because yeah. often we're just living our lives and we think we know. But yeah. and then you think you know the things you don't know. But then there are things yeah. that you really don't even know that you don't know because they're not in your periphery. They're not in your conversations. Absolutely. They're not every anywhere. Yeah. So my second last question to you is: What are your top three favorite meditations in the course? top three meditations no my new my new favorite is the eft tapping and breath work then because there are not too many words that you speak in there but something huge shifts for me so the EFT tapping leaves me so totally washed out. But I know that after the washing out, somehow when I journal, there is, there is a different kind of me that does. So the EFT tapping, and I remember you made me do the experiment with the breath work before you put it out on the course. And it was so uncomfortable and so so evocative because it woke up certain things that I didn't know existed in me. The, the sudden anger and, 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 and very angry at old things that had happened to me, old traumas that I hadn't acknowledged were brought up by the EFT tapping and breathwork. So that's my, that's my first, but that's my first favorite. And for COVID-19, breathwork has been very helpful I'm, I'm a naturally anxious person so breathwork helps me a lot i use it for anything anything and every time i i feel overwhelmed that is my one 
And my second new favorite, new, because I never thought I had a God wound, right? And my not trusting the process. <laughs> I know, you're like me, God wound. I, I don't know why everyone just counts themselves from having a God wound. No. Like people will be like, man, I'm not Christian. I'm not religious. I don't have a God wound. I'm like, you, you actually do have a God wound, but keep going. <laughs> I like the fact that you don't force us to do it. But listen, then, I grew up a good Catholic child. All right. I went to Catholic school all of my life. Right. So come on. Why would I have the God wound? I was taught the rosary. I can recite that thing right round right, right my neck. I do meditation. I have done Buddhist practice. I have medit been meditating for over 13 years now, very consistently. Why would I have a God wound? Why would, why would I have the God wound? But when you fall into debt and you get the anxiety, you stop trusting the divine. You stop trusting the very person that gives you that life that they can actually get you out of it, right? You stop trusting that bigger power in your higher self. So I clearly had a God wound that I wasn't aware of. So the God wound is my go-to very, very much. The last one that it's not because it's the last one. I have many others that I like. That I like is the spirit of money. It is almost my GPS. It tells me where I'm at with my money. It tells me where I'm at and it always leads me to the thoughts about money meditation or the emotions about money. When I'm, when I'm anxious and I'm suppressing, I'll get sinusitis, I'll get a headache or something like that. Or the spirit of money will let me know that mm, you are not trusting. You are doing that anxious thing again. You are not trusting again. So those are my top three, top three. Not that the others don't mean anything, oh, but those are my I top like those. Three. I'm <laughs> definitely heading to the Spirit of Money Meditations um, this week because last night I did the bank account challenge, which I try to look at my bank account once a week and I try yeah. to do it on Sundays and then yeah. like I do I try to do as many of the exercises in the challenge as possible okay. and yesterday I noticed that mm, okay I need to go back to the spirit of money because I was like yeah. why am I feeling this type of way you know I was like wow wealthy money owes me money but I won't go into the bank account which I've since done and I've celebrated and like paid myself the money back that wealthy money oh, owes okay. me. You forgot to pay yourself. I was, mm. Yes, I was like, mm, mm, and I was like, wow, this resistance. And then I sat with it, you know, yeah. and I could feel in my throat, in my tummy, in my womb. And then I just started journaling out with it. I started as we do in the bank account challenge, the basics yeah. that I teach everyone. So you guys yeah. know I do as well. So I went into the emotions then I went into the thoughts then I've been sitting with them and then magic like these incredible insane Inside. insights came up yeah. I was like oh this is That's so it. amazing but like the thing that came up was I think I need to go back to the spirit of money meditations there's definitely a lot of layers because I go mm -hmm. through just like all the students I go through phases where I love it and then at times I'm like, oh no, I'm good with it. You yeah, know? Yeah. But I know that oh, I'm too busy. 
Yeah. Or you get too busy to, you know, when we did the start trusting the process, like in March, when we were talking yeah. about that. So you must remember there were some small little payments that would come in from my digital health and from my yeah. mentees and whatever. The other thing that I started doing was I had forgotten to pay myself first. I had a yeah. huge debt of 200,000, right? Yeah. But when somebody pays me 2,600, I would, I would still pay myself, even if it's 50 rands, to remove yes. it from that amount, just so that I can feel worthy of myself, of being paid, yes. right? And I would yes. still pay. And you have no idea. Those 50 bucks and 100 bucks and 150 and 50 rands, some more, they build up into 4,000 rands, right? They yes. are sitting in the savings account and I'm thinking, oh, so I got paid lots of times, actually, right? Because yeah. we don't see it. And when we don't value yeah. ourselves enough, yes. to if it's just 10 rands, we'll never value yes. ourselves. No one else will value us. So money needs to feel yeah. like you value yourself so that it can stay with you. It, it must feel exactly. valued well by you. So you take the 10 rands yeah. and put it there and not spend it and just value it. Just have yeah. a it in, in that way. I have found that very helpful. I was so surprised that I had 2,000 minutes that was saved even during that huge day. Oh, oh, I love that. Yes, it is. I love it that. Is I, I mean, I'm often like, wow, that is so important, hey? Because yesterday I got to do that and then I was like, no, but wealthy money owes me a lot of money. Like I took yeah. my own salary and then I transferred it for certain things when I've been doing refunds and everything for the retreats. I was like, yeah. I took money out of savings, lots of it as lump sum, and I gave it to wealthy money. And I'm like, yeah. no, man, this is yeah. not child's play. This company yeah. needs to pay me back yeah. this money. And so <laughs> yesterday I did it. I was like, and why was this such an issue? Yeah. Like, and well, it's an energetic not thing that you, to pay me back. It's an entity on its own. And you must be paid back, right? You must you be paid. It's just like asking honey to pay you back for the hundred rands. It's just like yeah. I pay you yeah. back your your because it's a, it's an energetic thing that you you yeah. teach the the universe to say yeah. I value myself for me to be paid. I value myself to have savings. I value myself yeah. just like we value ourselves for taking ourselves out. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, and, then I myself- just, and the funny thing is I put it right back into savings. I took a little yeah. bit of it and then I yeah. put most of it back into or like, I put exactly. like a bunch of it into savings. I was like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. This was mm-hmm. money that had been saved from my salary from the exactly. company. So yeah. I didn't use it. So, it used it. Now I'm taking it back. And I've been so happy most of the day. So, yeah. yes. So I noticed from that, that, okay, spirit of money work needs to be done because what is this? I was like, what is this now? I thought that, you know, though, that as you expand, the same yeah. old layers sometimes come up and I'm like, yo, this yo. layer again, like, is this another? I was like, no, this is a valve service if I ever saw one. Yeah. And then I also noticed yesterday as I was doing this, I was like, I've actually cut my salary by 50% since like uh, May for wealthy money. And I'm like, 
no wonder wealthy money has been doing so okay. I mean, like, how did I miss this when I was doing my bank account work? This is how incredible the work is, right? Like, you miss it, miss it, until I caught it yesterday. I was like, hi, Bo. Because it's been COVID, I guess. And I remember my thinking exactly was, I have to refund people. I've got all these things to do. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not traveling. So it's okay to just cut back. And yeah. I'm like, I'm working on a stipend. I've been working on a stipend. But it's been beautiful to see because I'm like, okay, my vow of service is back in check. Um, it's yeah. back running me. But it's okay because I notice it now. So Mizo, the final question I have for you is that this work is daily work. And yeah. you, I mean, you're, we all know, hey, even Honey said it, like, you and Nombeli, so I like the star yeah. pupils and Tehovato as well, but she doesn't comment yeah. a lot these days. These days you guys yeah. do the work, hey? Like, yeah. So where do you yeah. find the time? Do you have a secret, a hack? Can you share? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you mean when you say, where do I find the time then? I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you you have know, a, how do you find like you guys are consistent? I even have a theory in my head. I'm like, maybe it's because they're doctors and maybe medicine has made them these people. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys well, do the, the work. It's impressive. <laughs> the doctor thing does come with, with a certain level of discipline because there are traditional things that you have to do. You start with this, we start with that. Um, I think for me, because just like anyone gets off their bed and they pray, mm. incidentally, I tell you that I went to a session with, with, with Sis Pum, Lana, to the occupant. Yes. And for me, I was a little jolted, but I just thought, yeah, man, how it should be. Before she starts treating anyone, she starts with her spiritual practice. So yes. who doesn't have the time, really? So everyone has got the time to pray. Before you get out of bed, there is that lazy time that you start with like, mm, should I wake up or should I not? You look at the phone and whatever. So my practice is no social media before I get out of bed because that's my meditation time. When I don't have time to meditate, like, you know, when I used to wake up every day to go to work. So I would just have 10 minutes before. I set my watch earlier than the time that I wake up so that I have, I actually have the time to meditate. And if I don't have the time to do a 25 minute wealthy money meditation, um, meditation, I go onto YouTube and do something that has got affirmations for 10 minutes. And I sit there, even if I'm not doing and I fall asleep, but something in my subconscious is, is, is taking it in. So it's, um, it's that kind of thing. And I'm a morning person. So I set my meditation for mornings. In the evenings, I do my meditation, but it's not as frequent as the morning because that's the time that I do, I do it best. And then the journaling, then remember I told you now that the EFT and breathwork have become my favorite. EFT wipes me out. Whenever we do it on that Sunday afternoon on the income challenge, it wipes me out. The breath work wipes me out. So I'm, I've never channeled after the, after, the, after the session. When I sleep, 
something happens, the following morning, the first thing that comes is insights from that journaling. So that's what happens for me, for me. I don't know about other people. Or I just never have the strength to journal because I have to sit up, set up with a small table and write. I don't, I really don't have the energy for it. But I meditate anywhere, anytime, any day as I walk around. So it, 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 it is a spiritual practice. And also it helps the fact that I have got, I've told you about Polly, my friend. She's not in the money magic course, but she's in the money magic course, man. Because I share everything. You know, I can tell her anything. I can tell her about my biggest shame. And I can tell her, just like I share in the Money Magic course, you, you yeah. actually guys don't get as raw as I do with Polly. But she is my practice partner because she can be as vulnerable with me as I am. When she's made money, she's like, hey, we're rich. Listen, I have so much in the bank. Or I can tell her when <laughs> after. You know, it's that sort of thing. So she has taught me, because she is my mirror in this world, it has taught yeah. me to be vulnerable in the most honest way. Mm. And I find that that's, what my sh- that's where my shift comes from. Because I can say, I get better, Shem. Yeah. And this yeah. is what I'm going through. So she knows when I'm, and she doesn't try to rescue me. You know, just like you yeah. do. You just tell us, go and do this and trust the word. She just, she's just there to listen. Sometimes she just listens yeah. and she's, okay, Miss, okay, oh, my friend, I wish there was something. And sometimes we go into anxiety <laughs> together, but, you know, it helps. And she does something else. She's, a, she's an access consciousness student. She uses some other modality. And because we share the tools, and the tools are the same, you know, it's like you go to a Catholic church and I go to Zion. The same divine is the same divine. So it's, it's very helpful yeah. to have someone else as a support partner of the work. And that's why I share so much in the group because yeah. I know someone is listening. Someone yeah. is going to read the post. They don't have to, I'm, I'm not even sharing because I want anyone else to, to reflect on their own journey. I'm sharing because I know it, it hits some chord with someone yeah. and I've put it out there and I'm, I'm almost like I am venting. And, and I'm putting it down for my own self. It's my own general place. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, this work can be done anytime, anyway. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we hear so many different perspectives in the, on, on the interviews. I love it. And I love what you said about sharing in the student group. There's just something, man. I mean, you know, yeah. I've been going through like the most yeah. in August. Yeah. And I've just been sharing in the student group and sharing and sharing. And I noticed the sharing. Shift, yeah. You know, I'm like, shift. no man. I thought this is going to be one of those things that can yeah. flatten me for weeks on end. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, nope, going, you know? Yeah. And I love yeah. that the group and what the space isn't just for yeah. money. It's all about yeah. money. It's linked to money, but it's not about money. Because it has nothing money. to do with the money. And yet I was yeah. just like, it has everything to do with the money as well. Like I'm taking this everywhere. It, it was is. amazing. And don't so you just amazing. love how, how people send you a hug then? And this COVID time has been so hard, guys. 
the hug is important. Hugs yeah. are so important. When Wazana says, I'm sending you an all-encompassing hug, I feel it. I just like, yes. I love it. And sometimes she has no words. And I don't need words most of the time. Yeah. I really, really and then you've got Leanne that does the I love you. I love you. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh gosh, it's this. And I realized that, you know, I don't think that this work is something that you could do it alone, but I don't think it was ever meant to be done alone. I oh see it with myself that there is no way. I also have to be a student. I also have to share. Like, because like you said, the sharing, the vulnerability, that is the healing in itself because it's also the see me this is also us making ourselves visible saying this is who i am in my rawness in my nakedness see me and then to just be accepted in that space and in that vulnerability and not be shamed that in itself is healing and for me that was the thing that i realized that that has actually been healing you know, it's that like, yeah. here I am, I am just this person and I am falling apart right yeah. now. I am, like I've been saying, I'm hurt, yeah. I'm in pain, I'm angry, I'm just hurt. being able to say that, that I am truly hurt yeah. and I'm hurting. And for people to just yeah. not try to make it right, but to just say, we see and we feel and we, we know see. them. I hear you. Know? you. You know, that's exactly. And I think the practice, the practice comes from that. Koli has been that backbone of vulnerability because we've been mm-hmm. able to do that for each other. But yeah. yourself and Lebu, oh my God, it's stretched. Lebu will put out something that all of you go, <gasps> okay. I wouldn't have shared it so early, but you show your you share your rawness in a way that that makes it comfortable for me to be to be as raw. So it's a it's a very yeah. very healing thing. And I think yeah. when you become human like me, then you give me permission to be human too. You know, and yeah. I think that's where most of my shame really has healed because of that. And it it, it is yes. really about that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Mizo. I know this has been incredible and healing for all of us. Mosquitoes are here, guys. I'm in a tropical climate, so don't mind me <laughs> as I'm scratching and it's getting dark. Right? Yeah. So we only have another five minutes, so let's wrap it up. <laughs> but Nisa, how do people get hold of you for property coaching? How oh can my they goodness. Yes. I mean, Absolutely. apart from the podcast, um, guys, which is easy. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have, have managed to find, have found me via the inbox, and I'm very grateful for you for doing that. Um, my quickest way of noticing your message is on WhatsApp. My number is 0833047332. This telephone number is 20 years old. I'm so proud of it. 0833047332. That's your quickest to get me. But also my email address is a wealthy money email, Miranda at wealthy-money.com. Miranda at wealthy-money.com. So my email and my WhatsApp 
get checked every day. Even if it gets checked at 12 midnight when you are sleeping, <laughs> that you can be yeah. sure of. My emails yeah. get checked every day except Sundays, of course. Yeah. And uh, social media, how do people reach you? On social media, I have become Dr. Miranda. So follow me on Dr. Miranda at Instagram. I answer all inboxes that I get on Facebook. I'm Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. At Twitter, I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. Love it. Love this nice. new place. I love it. So, Money Magicians, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a rather lengthy interview, which I love. We have quite a few of those. And they actually get, some of them yeah. get the most views. So, people love these. So, yeah. thank you for joining yeah. us. Like I said, um, it's dark out here. So, you're just seeing the outlines of me right now. If you enjoyed this yeah. and you're like, oh my God, I must be in the Money Magic course, go check it out at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic. Um, find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook, Vangile Makwakwa, and as Vangile Makwakwa on Instagram and on um, Twitter. <laughs> and shoot me a message. Ask any questions that you have about the Money Magic course. We, as you can tell, it's more about the inner work. And of course, we also do the practical stuff and mm -hmm. increasing income, paying off debt, increasing savings. It's such a magical space. And we have this incredible secret Facebook group that we all talk about. So <laughs> tune in next week. Um, I'll have another incredible guest for you guys. I am going to try and get a Money Magic student um, to come through and do that show. But the week after, I'm going to be interviewing a therapist around trauma because oh, wow. I want us to start unpacking trauma, especially for Black people. So thank you yeah. so much, guys, for tuning in. Have a lovely week further. Okay. Thank you, Mizo. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast which would really make my day also as a bonus if you're interested in changing your spending habits i have a complimentary ebook for you you can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook again wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook have a fantastic day further and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the money magic podcast